Good afternoon, everyone. Just want to say welcome to our budget work session. And uh, Madam Clerk, if you would uh, read the electronic meeting announcement, followed by the roll call. Yes. Before we begin today's meeting, I must state the following for the record. This meeting will be held through electronic communication means pursuant to the current ongoing declaration of a local emergency concerning the COVID-19 pandemic, confirmed by resolution number 2020-R025, adopted March 16, 2020, and as permitted by section 2.2-3708.2A3 of the Virginia Freedom of Information Act. Notice of this meeting was provided to the public by means of a public information advisory issued on February 25, 2022, as well as to register on the city's website in accordance with our usual practice. There will be no opportunity for public comment during this meeting. In order to identify members of council who are present, I will now call the roll. Mr. Addison? Present. Ms. Jordan? Here. Ms. Lambert? Here. Ms. Nye? Ms. Lynch? Ms. Trammell? Mr. Jones? Present. Vice President Robertson? Here. President Newbill? Here. Madam President, Councilors Nye and Lynch are not present at this time. You do have a quorum. Thank you, Madam Clerk. At this time, um, I will uh, ask that we uh, begin our um, budget discussion, and I'll punt to our uh, Council Chief of Staff and our Budget Staff to uh, get us underway in that regard. Ms. Davis? Good afternoon, President Newman. New bill and members of council. Hold on for one second. Yes, you have a little reverberation going on. Okay. Okay, thank you. President New Bill and members of council, thank you. And uh, we would like to welcome you to our budget season. Um, I would first like to introduce you to the members of the Council Chief of Staff budget team, and I will start. You um, may have to change this. I will start um, around our table. Change it and turn on the TV. Joyce, you're muted. Okay. It's Deborah Shaw, who's at the end of our table, uh, dressed in red. Deborah is a council management analyst working with the budget team. At the far end of the table raise your hand, is uh, Myrtle Brown. And Ms. Brown uh, comes to us with previous experience with the city of Richmond having worked with the Department of Social Services as the Deputy uh, Director of Budget, and she is retired and working with us. Uh, to my right is Mr. Jerry Carcidi, 
Mr. Carcitti is also serving now as a budget management analyst, and he comes to us with experience as the director of finance with the Department um, of Finance in Boston, Massachusetts, and he has joined our team. We welcome him. And then to my left is uh, Samson Anderson that you're very familiar with. Samson um, is a budget analyst with our team, has served with us over the past two years. And so we welcome his expertise as a part of this process. And we are ready to go forward for our new budget year. Uh, we will definitely have some challenges over this year. We will miss Bill immensely. But as a part of our role and all that he provided during his tenure here, um, we are definitely ready to go forward. Today, what we would like to do, we ask you to uh, submit two priorities. And those priorities were under the operating budget as well as the CIP budget. And we will review that list for you today we would ask that you provide comments at the end of the section that we will cover. We have divided it in sections of city government and employees, DPW Vision Zero, Economic Development, Human Services, Planning and Development Review under the uh, operating budget, as well as the assessor. We will uh, alternate in reviewing these topics. And again, our goal is to have you to participate to provide more information as a part of that review. Um, over the next couple of months, we will research any of the items where you do not see um, a budgeted amount. Uh, currently, we have estimates that have been provided by you or estimates that were known. But we will research these are subject to change at a later date when costs are determined. So they are pretty much estimated at this point. I will rest there and we will get started in providing a review. And at the end, we will um, go through some other comments and ask you some questions as we go forward. And I will change now. Um, for my screen so that we can show the list. Perfect. Okay. This discussion of our operating uh, budget priorities will start, um, as, as I indicated before, we have them under various categories. And uh, we will start this discussion with the assessor office and the ask under that topic. And I'll turn it over to Samson Anderson for that review. Good afternoon, everyone. Um, this topic, this priority, is in regards to SB 725 from the 2020 session uh, as sponsored by McClellan. 
what this state law did was give the city of Richmond the option of when we estimate property tax value is that we could have one rate for the land and one rate for the improvement on the land, so be it a house or a business or a parking lot. And um, what this ask is about is doing a study to see if the we want to implement that change in our property taxes. If so, what would be a good rate to tax the land and what would be a good rate to tax the improvement? Um, that is the study that this is referring to. It would affect the assessor's office ultimately, but the study would likely be completed by the assessor. I wanted to clarify that. And turning it back over to Joyce. Okay. And um, we were going to ask Mr. Addison if he wanted to provide any additional comments to this um, study, but I understand that he may not be available at this point. So Samson gave a, a complete I, review of it. We can come back to it when Mr. Addison is available. Okay. So the next item and category is uh, city government and employees. Uh, we will start with the city council agency budget enhancement. As you all may recall, the council agencies um, came to you a couple of months ago and they discussed um, what they would like to see in the budget. And so I would like to stop presenting the first item and provide for you um, the information. So the city council agency budget enhancements have come from a variety of agencies and they cover um, many asks. A description, if you can see this, uh, in the Richmond City Council office, the request made was a total, a subtotal of $75,300. And it was for conference attendance of members and to replace and upgrade our audiovisual equipment at 39,300. And then for conference attendance 36 for a subtotal of 75,300. Again, this was an ask that we made to council members. The goal is that council members are able to attend conferences to receive information that would enhance not only their districts, but policies for the city of Richmond. The need to replace and upgrade audiovisual equipment stems from what we are currently um, using as, as rental equipment and a need for us to replace and to upgrade the audiovisual equipment to produce our meetings. From the Council Chief of Staff Office, the same conference attendance, an allowance for the council chief of staff to attend conferences in order to receive information, conferences for trips in order to receive information from a variety of sources, and or if it is a virtual conference, to have enough resources to pay 
for conference attendance and fees. Currently, we have a part-time position for the Human Resources Liaison position. This is a request for a full-time person to act in that role with an average salary of $75,000 and benefits. And so the request is for $79,793. The same over the year, we have frozen the executive assistant position and the request is when we are back in our office, there is a need uh, to have a person who would serve as an executive assistant. Uh, we would like to enhance this position not only to provide receptionist duties, but to also provide assistance with policy research and to provide Uh, assistance to liaisons as well as council staff. There is a need for uh, someone to serve in that role. In the city auditor's office, external auditing services were requested at $75,000. The city clerk has made a request for public information services at $20,000 and food and drink services, 8,750, subtotal of which is 28,750. Our city attorney made a request for $120,000 for a procurement attorney to be added to their staff. And I'll pause there and ask if the city clerk or city attorney would like to add, or city auditor would like to add any comments to um, the items that I've mentioned so far. Are there any comments from the city clerk, city auditor, or city attorney for the three items mentioned? Okay, moving forward. Yes, Miss um, Davis, one second. Yes. Councilwoman Jordan has her uh, hand raised. Okay. Thank you so much. I just had a quick question on this. I recall that there were some other positions requested. Are these just new positions or will we discuss unfilled positions that need to be filled? Or am I just misremembering that altogether? Thank you. Ms. Jordan, if there are other positions that were requested, I will need to speak with the um, appointees and ask them if we have captured everything. It would, I do know that the city auditor is currently trying to um, recruit, and so I'm not sure when I look at this because of the title of it, I don't know if any of these are appearing to you under a different title, but we will follow up and make sure that we have captured all of the positions that were mentioned. I am going by what was turned in, and um, the bottom line of this is $539,498. And so I don't know uh, if there are others, but we have written that down as a request and a follow up. Thank for you. Additional information. Um, Joyce, this is Councilman Lambert. Um, yeah, Ms. Jordan is um, correct. 
Yeah, the assessor's office had a couple positions that I know they really needed to be filled, and I don't see those listed, um, and that's detrimental to our bottom line as well. So um, I would say Richie, Richie, um, his request should have had a couple inspectors or so forth in there. Thank you. Ms. Davis, if you would round the wagons with all of the um, appointees, uh, I do know, for example, to Ms. Lambert's point, uh, Mr. Ritchie had a uh, position, GIS, that he's working to have filled in this year, so I'm not sure if that addresses um, the um, ongoing need, which would mean it would have to be included in the new year, but it could be that it, again, was just a vacant position, but I do want, I saw Mr. Lassiter, and then uh, if you wanted to speak to the inquiry relative to the um, uh, council uh, agency request and then Councilman Addison, I think I, I'm not, I, I believe I saw your hand next. So can I answer the first question about the positions first? Yes, I mean, uh, sure. So the city assessor of real estate position, I had not gotten to that one yet. And I didn't realize I was looking at it, it wasn't on the screen. So um, there are several positions that are listed here, and it was a part of the total that I provided to you. Um, I still would double check um, Councilmember Lambert and uh, Jordan, but um, the one is a C3 new computers. I'm starting from the bottom because I don't see an actual well, position. Right, but if you will, yeah, just check with all yeah, of them I will just check to make sure that we capture. Yes, I will find out um, why or where that is. So okay. This is the amount that we turned in originally. Thank you. Mr. Lassiter, did you have a comment? And I see Councilwoman Trammell after that. Mr. Lassiter? Just real briefly in terms of the 75000 for the external audit services, we're hoping to have that contract finalized over the next month. Uh, and as a matter of fact, some papers are getting introduced to council. I'm hopeful that we will not need all of that funds for that, but I would like to put a placeholder there for that um, because I believe the costs that we're paying for cybersecurity assessments over the coming years, may we may need to pivot some of that funding for that. But I did want to let you know that uh, it may not all be needed as an increase on the external audit contract that, that's forthcoming to council. Thank you, uh, Mr. Lassiter. Councilwoman Trammell. Thank you, Madam President. Um, under the council, I would like to add, and I think I've spoken about this before, I'd like to have a, um, a deputy chief of staff. I think we need a deputy, definitely. And I know that... Um, you know that Ms. Davis is doing an excellent job, um, but there's just so so much going on right now with all nine council members. All of us got different things um, going on, and I think that we need a deputy chief of staff. Thank you, like Councilwoman Trammell. Um, and I believe that that is not an enhancement. That's already Ms. Davis, a position that is in. These were just additional above. So to your point, yes, and there is uh, a deputy uh, in the office. So that was not a need to put Who's it the here. Deputy? Who's the deputy? It's a position. It has not been filled. Okay. All right. Yes. Thank you. Thanks, Madam President. You're very so welcome. Just to, just to add, Madam President, to what you just said, um, 
Ms. Trammell, there are two positions that are remaining to be filled. Well, actually it's three. So it's the council chief of staff. As you know, I'm serving in an interim council chief of staff role. It is the deputy chief of staff as well as a budget analyst position. And so we um, have plans of filling the deputy chief of staff. Typically, you may hire a chief of staff and then that person makes the selection of their deputy chief. Uh, recently, there were some decisions made of, 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 of placing the ad out or not. And so I, I can explain that later to you, but most of that had to do with trying to determine how we were going to allocate the position uh, when Bill was here. And so um, going forward, that position would be advertised. You're currently in the process of doing the recruitment for council chief of staff. And as you know, under the council agency, city attorney. Thank you. Okay. Council so Addison, oh, I'm sorry, Ms. Davis. I mean, for positions that have been frozen, I'm sorry that we would like to um, make active. Thank you, Ms. Davis. Councilman Addison. Thank you, Council President. Um, I just wanted to ask a question as we move forward around what I heard as the issue from, I think, Mr. McKeithen and other staff was that positions weren't able to be posted. They were not being allowed by HR to be filled was the issue. And so they had some people leave and when they went to go refill the position or a vacant funded position, they were not able to. And that's what I think I want to make sure we understand or what are net new requests for staff versus just filling positions that are already in our budget that are empty funded vacancies. Thank you, Mr. Addison. Ms. Davis, and it, you understand the question. And so I think that's something that would be helpful across all of the uh, council agencies. I mean, it speaks to... Um, Ms. Trammell's question uh, relative to McKeithen, et cetera. So if we could get that information for the next iteration in terms of uh, the new positions or net new as uh, Councilman Addison is referring to them. Okay. Thank you. Let, let, do you want to proceed? Ms. Davis, you're muted. Okay, I would like to finish this list. The Inspector General has requested $36,317 for a variety of items for management services to enhance um, this item for $6,600 for mileage, security, and monitoring, as you can see posted, office supplies at $2,767, books and reference materials, uh, postal service, conference and convention, membership dues, employee training at 5,000, software 6,500, equipment 1,200, and license and permit for 1,300 for a total of 36,317. We mentioned earlier or, or showed you what the, oh, I'm sorry, he has additional, yes, I covered that. Um, and then the city assessor of real estate, the request is for 
43, but we're going to follow up on what is listed here. The greatest amount is for $50,000 for the legal department for court cases. Um, I contacted Richie earlier to see if he was available and and I did not reach him, but I would like to follow up with him to get more information about the position. And so the grand total for the council office and agency enhancements is 539,498. Okay, so going back to our list. Hold on, it's going to take me a minute. I should have gotten you to do those things. Okay. The economist position, this is a position since uh, Mr. Addison is back that was requested by Mr. Addison for $85,000. And Mr. Addison, I would like to turn it over to you to provide additional information about the economist position. Sure, Ms. Davis. Um, one of the key parts of council's duties, of course, is the revenue side aspect and looking at tax rates, which we are, of course, on the decision-making end of achieving. The economist position is one that I feel has been warranted from the creation of the Economic Vitality and Advisory Committee that was formed about three years ago. And in that, one of the key outcomes needed is looking at and evaluating all the aspects of our competitiveness as a region versus our tax rates, um, looking at things from a federal, state, and local level of impact, and also helping with our forecasts and translating those into a priorities, policies, and other recommendations. We are, of course, dependent on our finance staff for a lot of information, and they're doing great work. However, an economist position is a best practice nationally for a role that helps support looking at not just revenues, but impacts on revenues, changes, and potential aspects of what's going on in the General Assembly, federal government. So this position would be able to help advise, direct, and inform us on revenue and tax rate specific outcomes. I have more information I can share later. Thank you, Mr. Okay, thank you for the information on the economist position. And Ms. Addison, I have a question. Is that uh, to be included for administration or under city council budget enhancements? Uh, this would be a council request. Okay. Council staff request. So we will also add it with uh, the 539 because we had it broken out. Um, we'll Thank add. you. Thank you. Ms. Davis, just a moment. Councilwoman Jordan. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so thinking about the economist position, do we know how much AECOM is paid and is it a single economist that they have on retainer for the city? I know they provided some information and analysis for the Diamond District and I'm sure other city initiatives. And I am very interested in whether or not we could be saving money by bringing some of these functions in-house. Thank you. Ms. Davis, can you explore that uh, and get back with us at the next uh, meeting? Yes. Thank That's you, Councilman. Um, Before you request. go on, though, Councilman uh, Addison, 
Uh, yes, I think as a point of clarification, it might help to explore the Davenport relationship as well. I know they support advising the mayor's office and the administration on some of the other numbers. That could also be a way of looking at a way of this exact question. Thank you. Thank you. Ms. Davis? Yes, and in addition to us researching um, and doing some type of internal market analysis, we would also ask HR for uh, a market analysis for development of the position. That's a part of uh, HR's process as well. But in requesting this position, we will do some preliminary work. Thank you. Ms. Davis, if you would, Councilwoman Trammell, you have a question? As Madam well, President, yes, Madam President. Um, while we're talking about that, are we talking about um, the terms of who's going to be um, paying the money and all of that? That would be a part of the discussion we would have to um, look at. First, we want to do some sort of comparative analysis based on, I think Ms. Jordan mentioned AECOM, Mr. Addison, uh, Davenport, and bring information back to this body before any decisioning is. Uh... All right, I'll save my comments for later, but I okay. definitely have a discussion on the part as far as um, taxpayers' money and all of that, okay? okay. What they're going to be bringing to the table. Thank, Thank you, you, Councilwoman Trammell. Okay, Madam President, should I go yes. continue? Yes, please. Okay. The next under city government and employees under this uh, category, uh, we received a request during the year uh, and legislation um, to support it for Spanish translation services expansion uh, to provide our minutes, to provide our council meetings in Spanish. We do not have uh, an estimated budget for this, however, Research has begun with Richmond Public Schools in what they are able to provide and, um, and an inquiry with the company uh, providing those services to RPS. So we do not have any quote to provide you with today, but we can come back at a later time and give you that information. Thank you, Ms. Davis. And again, one of the things uh, at the bottom of this sheet, I kind of pull it up, is there's an asterisk at the top that says estimated budget subject to additional council staff research to determine the actual cost. So for many of these, as I indicated before, uh, we received what you gave to us as an estimate, but we will go back and try and ensure that we have uh, these figures refined. The next one, city employee compensation and benefits. We received from at least four or five council members a request for a city employee compensation and benefits, as well as a continued uh, review of the Gallagher salary plan implementation and additionally information for COLA for all employees. Um, for the first two, Ms. Newville and Ms. Nye and Jordan all were requestors of this being placed on uh, this as a budget priority. And so I would like 
for Miss um, Newbill, Miss Knight, sure. or Miss Jordan to speak to this before we move to the next category. Sure. Uh, the police and fire. So under this category, um, there were priorities for me, and certainly one were was the general city employees and wanting to make sure that we also took the time to look at their compensation. And so wanted to make sure that either we consider continuing with the gallery salary plan imp implementation and or a cost of living for all employees. Uh, at the same time, uh, looking at and uh, certainly reflecting here a desire to make sure that police and fire pay compensation was uh, addressed uh, via the study that we're awaiting so that we could make an adjustment thereof, but that there is a commitment to all city employees, both, as I said, with public, uh, with public safety, fire and police, we have the study that will be coming forth, and then with general city employees to either uh, again, move forward with continuing the implementation of Gallagher and or cost of living, whichever is uh, ensuring that all employees are addressed and that we're constantly looking at compensation and benefits and that they're competitive uh, and uh, have the kind of opportunities for retention and uh, promotion uh, included in the benefits package. So that's a brief of it. Uh, Councilman Jones. Yes, ma'am. Madam, Madam President, are you able to hear me? Yes, we can. Uh, thank you. Good afternoon, everybody. I, in, in, in alignment with Spanish Translation Services and police and fire pay, definitely police. Um, and, and, and I, I want to talk to the chief because I talked with a few folk out on the ground as it relates to uh, language translation. There is a differential pay that other localities provide. Um, and I want to ensure that we are equipping uh, RPD to provide services to uh, our Latino communities uh, where, you know, where Spanish is their, their only language. They're learning English as a second language. But again, I want to make sure that I think it's important, it's imperative that we provide um, translation services uh, in our Latino communities. Um, crimes go unreported. Uh, they, they may not have access to data or information that is translated into their language. And so I want to, I, I, I hope that I could get the support across the board uh, to ensure that we are able to meet the needs of, of our Latino residents in this city. And so uh, that's something I'd like to look at. I, I'll, I'll have more numbers as we go through this process. And I know I need to sit down and talk with uh, the chief and uh, the CAO uh, about this at length. Uh, but again, I just wanted to bring that to the forefront and enter it into the record that looking at how we compensate officers uh, that are specifically assigned to particular areas uh, because of language translation. I just want us to be able to look at that pay differential. Thank you, Mr. Jones. Um, 
Ms. Davis, uh, for me uh, and to Mr. Jones's uh, point, just looking at the benefit packet as we're looking at benefit packets for police and fire, that that would be something that certainly uh, would be uh, a consideration. Okay. And before, and, and thank you, Mr. Jones, for adding to Spanish translation services. Um, I think I went too quickly to the next category without stopping to get your comments, so I apologize. And before moving away from this category, Madam President, I would also like to make sure that Councilmember Jordan or any other members did not wish to speak about compensation and benefits for police and fire, et cetera, before moving to the next category. Thank you. Thank I you. believe President Newbell. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I didn't see you. Councilwoman Jordan? Yes, I'm sorry. sorry. You're right. I forgot to raise my hand. Um, I'm sorry. President Newbell, I believe, did a good job um, providing that overview. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Madam President, would you like for me to proceed? Yes, absolutely. Ms. Davis, you're okay. I, I heard you. I'm sorry. Okay, the next category is DPW Vision Zero, and there are two items uh, listed here: the roundabout removal removals for two streets on Belmont Road and Dorset Road, and then another item: street paving in the Green Acres neighborhood. Both of these items were submitted by Councilmember Trammell. And if Ms. Trammell would like to provide additional information, uh, it would be appreciated. Thank you, Joyce. Um, Madam President, the reason why I'm bringing this up because I'm getting so many calls. You know, ever since that roundabout was installed over there, uh, Belmont, the citizens are saying it's, it's unsafe. Um, they did not want it. They did not know that it was going to be installed until it happened. And that was under um, Mayor Jones when he was the mayor. And um, it was really political. And anyway, it was done. And the citizens are saying they want it removed. They are sick and tired. It's accidents upon accidents. Um, they've had um, Bobby Benson there. They've had um, other um, people from the administration and they have voiced their opinion, not only Belmont Woods, but um, Marchant's Hill, because they don't have, they only got one way in and one way out. Brookbury and Adams Park, they got two ways of getting into their subdivision. Um, like I said, Belmont Woods does not, neither does Marchant's Hill. And I had requested at least eight years, 12 years ago to put a traffic light there. I was told it would cost too much. That roundabout cost almost I don't know how much. But anyway, the citizens um, have been calling me. I know that you're saying take this thing out, get rid of this roundabout. So definitely want to do that. Um, the one over there by um, Dorset Road, that's over there by Broad Rock School. When the school is in session, you can't get round there because the school buses can't. It's out in the middle of the thing. And I know that, um, I, I think that, um, couple of the neighbors, they have since moved. Um, the person that was requesting it is deceased now. 
and some of those neighbors never knew nothing about it. Don't know how their names got on the paper that they wanted it, but they said they never signed. They never signed for that roundabout right there by Ferguson and Broad Rock, um, Broad Rock Elementary School. So they're requesting to have it removed. Um, like I said, it's been accidents upon accidents. When the school is in session, you can't get through there. Um, it's blocked the traffic. The police are called. Police can't come because we'll have enough police officers um, to be there to monitor the traffic. So definitely want to have that done. Green Acres always told me that nothing's been done over there for years and years and years. Um, those streets definitely need to be paved, and I'd like to give um, some attention to that area. Thank you, Madam President. Thank you, Joy. Thank you, Councilwoman Trammell. Ms. Davis. Thank you. I would now turn it over to uh, Samson Anderson, who will cover the category economic development. And following <coughs> Samson Anderson, Myrtle Brown will review human resources. And I'm sorry, human services. While Samson is setting up, I just want to mention Ms. Trammell for the roundabout removals and street paving items that you have listed. We will work with DPW in order to achieve some type of estimated cost so that we can include this for the next iteration of this. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So the first item we have under economic development is the city fi citywide fiber network. We discussed this some during the ARPA discussions. This is in regards to um, the unequitable distribution of Internet accessibility amongst our communities, especially students. Um, that really came to the forefront during uh, the learning. During um, when they learned from home uh, during the COVID pandemic. And so that's the first item. Uh, the second item is Equity and Growth Advisory Committee to a New Strong EDA. This is in regards to a proposal to merge the EDA with the department of to one of the other city departments pertaining to economic development and to fund this uh, Equity and Growth Advisory Committee for that New Strong EDA. And then the third is a proposed reduction in the BPOL services tax rate. There's been a paper uh, to this effect um, in finance for quite some time now, um, originally geared to being revenue neutral. If the patron would like to discuss these three items, I have the same patron, if he would like to discuss these, he's more than welcome to at this time. Otherwise, I will go on to the fourth item. Okay. Samson, I will be more than Ms. happy Edges. to. So I will share information with the rest of council members individually um, as I have um, additional information for all of my submissions. Thank you, Mr. Addison. Awesome. Thank you, uh, council member Addison. The youth jobs program, which is currently estimated at a million, um, would be a pilot program that would take a certain number of youth from low-income neighborhoods and provide job skills and on-the-job trainings that align with jobs that will be in Richmond and metro area over the next decade. That is uh, the proposal, and there is some potentially additional information depending on how 
that pilot program develops. Again, I'd like to uh, open the floor for the sponsor or the patron um, if they would like to discuss this paper or this priority. Yes, thank you, Councilwoman. Yes, Councilwoman Lambert. Thank you. Sorry, my camera is acting funny. Uh, hold on. No, they see my tissues. Can you see me? Um, good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for the moment to discuss this um, youth jobs program. Um, this is something that is definitely a need in our community, in our city right about now, definitely with the huge gun violence issues we're dealing with. Um, what that interpreted to me is we need to get our youth working. Um, if Richmond is going to be the epicenter of healthcare jobs, we need to get our youth trained and have the necessary job skills to be ready for, to be the workforce. Um, so this, I have additional information that I can share with my colleagues, but this was brought about because of the huge gun violence issues that we're having um, uh, especially with um, the pandemic, our restaurants and a lot of our businesses are short staffed. This is a pilot program that could definitely be a, a great resource and partnership within our business and private community along with our citizens. So I have more information for my colleagues if they like to share on this, but this is an answer to um, the rising need that's going on in our city today. Thank you. Thank you, Councilwoman Lambert. Councilwoman Trammell. Thank you, Madam President. I'd just like to say, everywhere I look, they, they have signs out, help wanted. How come nobody's applying for these jobs? So, I mean, giving more money for what? Giving more money for to help train these youth to know how to do these jobs. Okay. okay. Um, so, the, the things, I can talk to you more about this, Ms. Trammell. Yes. Um, Madam President. I know that I yes, hear all uh -huh. the time that these businesses are telling me that they would train them, but they just won't come in. And, he, and when they do and they get interviewed, they don't come back for the job. I spoke to three so, business people last week that's telling, asking me what in the world is going on. You all keep saying that they need jobs. We post jobs. They come in maybe or they just say, hey, this is not for me. I don't want this job. And he's like, okay, we'll get, them, we'll get them transportation to come to work. We'll come to work. Yeah. Okay, so there's more discussion to be had. Yeah. Uh, and so from what you are getting, Ms. Trammell and then Ms. Lambert, you're certainly hearing that. And then where, where's that middle ground? Because there's still need for training. Um, and I'm not sure of all of the components in terms of the folks who are sharing with you, Ms. Trammell, but um, this is just, you know, the beginning conversation. So by the time we get all the information, we you know, should be able to come back with something that is responsive to Richmond's needs. Yes. Okay. And, and this is also in addition to all the other programs that we have for youth. This is a bringing it all together so that it's under one umbrella. The youth, the mayor has his youth academy. But when I did my um, schools tour, one thing that I learned at the tech center, they would love for folks who are in certain industries to come and explain to the students what they're looking for in terms of employment and jobs. So I think if we have a better understanding of what the need is and how we can address it, we can better prepare our students to fill these jobs. But you just can't hire someone who's not interested. They need to understand what's going on 
prior to so they can get the necessary skills. Um, it's, a, it's a mindset change, and that's why this is a pilot program. So I can definitely talk to my colleagues a little bit more about this, but we need to do something, and, and that's why. We need people to fill these positions, and we can get into it. But, you know, when you talk about folks who have a felony on their record, we have all these bus driver positions, and you can't hire because you have a felony. We need to talk about that, and that all goes back to job training and so forth. So. Thank you, Madam President, and I can thank you anybody additionally if they need more information. Thank you, Councilwoman Lambert, and I'd like to, if we can have a chat, because it seemed to me there was a program a while back where students were placed in various uh, areas uh, career-wise training, but there was compensation during that training period. So when they came out that they also, you know, were in a path, but there was training during that period. So, yes, I'd like to have, and then certainly with what Councilwoman Trammell is finding, I think we still should be able to come back with something that's responsive to the current needs. Councilman Jones, uh, comment or a question? Yeah, yes, ma'am. Just just a, a blanket comment as we look at, you know, a million dollars for youth jobs program, after school programming, a half a mil. As we get into some of these, uh, I'm just concerned to make sure that we don't duplicate something that the administration is already doing, that we have an understanding of, you know, where these dollars are going, what organizations are going to, and what those programs are going to look like. Uh, because the reality is this, uh, after-school program, that, that's, that's so broad, right? Every, I, every, <laughs> every district could use a half a million dollars to do after-school program. Every district can. And so just trying to understand as we get into the realm of talking about gun violence intervention, as we talk about, you know, youth job programs, job readiness and all these different things, making sure that there's a concerted effort between, you know, the administration, health and human services, what we want to do as council to ensure that we're not reduplicating or actually that that's redundant, that we're not duplicating uh, something that's already being done and or going in a different direction than the administration is already looking to go in as it relates to all these different initiatives. And then even as we cross over to the area of tech centers and things of that nature, are we stepping on and getting into the wheelhouse of RPS? And so I just want to make sure that, especially as we start talking about spending the type of money that's being appropriated here, uh, again, we're talking about 15, you know, 1.5 million right now, right? And and what does that look like and where do we go? And so I'm not against any of it. I'm just, you know, just trying to make sure that, you know, hey, what, you know, where are we going? What, what, what are we doing? What's the goal? And again, you know, our job is to come alongside the administration uh, because they're the ones, in essence, that are going to need to execute a lot of these things. Thank you. Thank you, Councilman Jones. Councilwoman Lambert, did you have thank an additional comment? Okay. Yes, thank you. And I appreciate the comments from my colleagues, and that's very well it. You know, they were programs in place. Some of them are not um, effective or in place anymore because of funding. And so this definitely will help us gather all the programs so we're not duplicating efforts and we're making sure we're actually addressing the need. So I appreciate the feedback and comments, and that's 
what it's all about is to get the discussion going on what we do have going on and what's working. Because there's a lot of programs out there that just aren't working and we don't need to be funding them. Um, goes back to the Mayor's Youth Academy as well. I was told they don't have funding to pay those youth that are in that program. So this all ties it all in. So thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. And so there'll be follow-up discussion before any movement uh, in this regard with touch, touch points with all of the members who've raised questions. Uh, Councilwoman Trammell, did you have uh, something else relative yeah. to this? Yeah, thank you. And I want to thank um, Councilman Michael Jones for his comments and also Councilwoman um, Ann Lamberts. You know, Ann, you're right. There are so many, um, I guess, nonprofits out there, foundations, all that. What are they doing with the money that, and I have asked this question at least 15 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago, where is this money that they get? What are they doing with it? How are they helping our seniors and our youth with, you know, the grant money or the money that they get from us? And then when you ask, we never get a report. And you are so right. When we don't have, I mean, the mayor's got the youth academy, all of that. And then we hear that they don't have the money. What, you know, what's, something's not right. So I would love to have more of a discussion on this. And I'm glad you brought this up. And Councilman Michael Jones, um, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because to me, when you have these youth out there that said that they can't read and write, so we definitely, I, I appreciate you bringing this up. And like I said, we definitely got to have more discussion with these nonprofits that's getting money from us. Thank you, Madam President. Thank you, Councilwoman Trammell. Uh, Ms. Davis? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Ms. Lambert, was there something else in regards to this? No, no, Your no. Your hand no, was no. still up. Okay. Yeah. No, I just wanted okay. to get some clarification. But, yeah, just a way for us to discuss more on what we're already offering and what we can do to improve. And yes, okay. this is a discussion with schools, but that's a whole nother conversation. So thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. Uh, Ms. Davis. Yes. Um, thank you, um, President Rubio. I would like to, like add, to add to the uh, comments about Youth Jobs Program. When Ms. Lambert and I spoke about this, one of the things that she was interested in is jobs for um, youth, and she reflected during the time when she was here before, when during the summer there were actually jobs for youth in the community uh, and money was allocated for it. And right now we do have the mayor's, but that was discontinued. But right now we do have the mayor's youth academy, which tends to deal with more of a cohort. But at the time period um, when youth were given jobs, uh, um, any child from the city that qualified could apply for a job and money was allocated for it. The other is I think that there was mention of job training programs and so we will work with the community wealth building and with the human services department. A report from community wealth building is forthcoming um, for council and so you will hear more about their initiative. But again, I was also reminded to let you know that these are estimate costs that you have indicated and, and clearly are not appropriations. Um, no money has been allocated so far, but we will work with the departments. Um, we've already tried to establish an excellent working relationship with the budget department. And so as we go forth, we will continue to um, brush out more amounts to 
there are no Davis. more questions for the economic development category. I would now move to the human services category. Thank you. And Myrtle Brown will provide information of the initiatives that have been presented. Ms. Brown. Thank you. Um, this one addresses after school programming, um, additional funding for support of after school programs in places like uh, Randolph Community Center. Um, uh, George with High School Swansburg. So that is the purpose of this request. A second request has to do with increased funding for the aging and disability services to hire additional staff and to support additional programming for, uh, for aging and disability services. Um, for the staffing, the request is for $65,000 plus benefits. And for the additional program, it's $30,000. And to support of programs of repairs and so forth for the seniors, $250,000. An additional request uh, is for the Richmond Public Library expansion of services to um, can, to do an impact uh, to assure that the impact study of $500,000 would be available to expand library services. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Brown. Are there, Are there any, any members or patrons of these particular items that would like to uh, speak more and provide? additional information for after school programming, aging in persons with disabilities, or for the public library expansion. Okay, Councilwoman Lambert, Councilwoman Jordan, and then Councilwoman Trammell. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, I just want to just show my support for all three of these um, initiatives, um, especially the Office of Aging and Persons with Disabilities. That's a one-woman shop, and she needs all the resources to continue the great work she's been doing. Um, so I'm totally in support of that. And also the Public Library Service Expansion um, I spoke to quite a few librarians and folks that work for the library, and they desperately need um, to address the, um, how we're looking at the library differently now. So I'm in support of those. So I just wanted to add my comments to the record. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. Councilwoman Jordan. Thank you. Yeah, I want to add my support for these items. And the public library, I did not realize how much of their budget had been cut back. And, you know, to think that now they only stay open until 6, and they provide so many services beyond books. I mean, they really connect people with city resources, and um, I definitely support trying to add back into their budget. And then I didn't see this within Human Services, and it was after our deadline to submit things, but um, I'm hoping maybe we can discuss I'd like to know more. So is it true that our social services, our, our caseworkers, have between 1,000 and 3,000 caseloads? Um, that was reported to me by someone, and that's just staggering. How can you possibly help someone when you have a caseload that much? And 
to the extent we need to add staff, uh, I, I certainly hope we're hearing from all our departments about their critical needs. Thank you. Thank you, Councilwoman Jordan. And Ms. Davis, if you will make notes so we can make sure administration speaks to that when the presentation comes for the larger budget. Councilwoman Trammell. Thank you, Madam President. I, too, would like to um, ask us to please help. Councilwoman Trammell. Madam President, yes, okay. you can hear me now? I yes, we can. I support the Office of Aging and Person with Disability because I know how much work she has. I mean, how much work she has to do, how many phone calls she gets, and how many people she helps every single day. I know every time I ask um, one of the seniors or somebody um, to call her, she returns the call and she helps them 100%. And I've asked this um, in the past several years for her to have more help and she doesn't get it. So I hope that this time she'll be able to get it. Thank you, Madam President. Thank you. And just since we're here, um, certainly these are three areas for me that I would support. I'm absolutely committed to quality before, during, and after school programming for all of our kids. Work closely each year with the Office of Aging and Persons with Disabilities uh, in my district on multiple senior events. And I know she's not just working with the 7th District. And certainly public libraries, no longer just about checking out books. It is a center for our families, our kids, whether it's accessing work and other resources. So I um, certainly would like to uh, just voice support for those areas. So, Ms. Davis. Thank you. And that concludes the um, topics on the human services. We will now move to planning and development review. And I would like to uh, turn it over to Mr. Jerry. Thank you, Joyce. Uh, the first item on the list is the Brooklyn Park Boulevard parking study uh, to address the lack of parking along Brooklyn Park Boulevard corridor and North Avenue. This budget allocation would be used to fund a study and would be to investigate possibilities regarding existing utilized existing city-owned parcels and or a possible economic development proposal that would include a parking structure. Uh, this priority was submitted by Council Member Lambert, if she would like to add any details to that. Thank you, Mr. Carchetti. Is that, am I pronouncing that correct, Carchetti? Okay, I, I may have joked, messed it up, but thank you. Um, I guess I have put in this request for Brooklyn Park Boulevard for a parking study. Um, as my first year as a councilwoman, I realized infrastructure, parking, um, all parklets, all of that is important to my community, but a study has not been done to really look at how we can address that corridor of Brooklyn Park Boulevard and North Avenue. So um, this request has been put in so that we can look at um, some of the city parcels that are on North Avenue and possibly a, a grocery store to having retail space at the bottom, affordable housing and parking at the top. So this isn't just a parking structure. It's it's more to it to where we can get a return on our investment. So that is my um, my request. And I ask for my colleagues to definitely support this initiative for my district. Thank you. Thank you. The next item on the list is uh, uh, submitted by 
Council Member Addison, the BRT North-South study, requesting a, a finalized plan for a route to explore the potential of streetcar and or bus rapid uh, transportation alternatives, uh, approximately $300,000 from various sources, uh, again, submitted by Councilmember Addison, if you have anything that you'd like to add to that proposal. Um, yes, thank you, Mr. Carcetti. Um, I have a emails of uh, information that regards to funding sources that would not be from the budget directly, but would be a request for the application to support that plan. Um, and that would be in coordination with Plan RBA and CBTA and potentially as well as Public Works and others. So this is more of a request to finalize the study rather than uh, waiting for it to come. And this is a more of a prioritization for other economic activities, specifically to what Miss um, Lambert just talked about with Brooklyn Park Boulevard and others, because we're all creating a connected city and these all go together. Thank you. Thank you. Ms. Addison, just a quick question. I heard you mention, will we be having conversation with CVTA relative to this matter and possible uh, partial funding and or have you had some conversation with the mayor and uh, or TPO or plan RBA? And if you have haven't yet, that's fine. I just wanted to make sure it's on. I've been talking with Chet Parsons and okay. Martha Heater with Plan RBA for several okay. months about this, and then we're just waiting for the understanding of the current status on previous requests about this plan, and that's what should be coming up next, later this in March at the Land Use, Housing, and Transportation Committee meeting discussing the north-south BRT routes in terms of the bus routes for bridges across the James River and the Fall Line Trail, and these all, I think, intersect or can and should be a discussion we have together. Sure. Thank you, Mr. Addison. Thank you. Next on the list is a uh, priority submitted by Councilmember Jordan for the Department of Planning, Development, and Review, uh, requesting that the uh, department's staff vacancies become filled, uh, that the technology upgrades take place, and implementation of the Richmond 300. Uh, if Councilor Jordan wanted to add any details to that. Thank you. I just um, see this as a department that's really critical to our city's continued growth. And uh, I know from talking to constituents from residents trying to, you know, fix something on their house to large business owners and developers trying to move forward with, um, you know, their projects, our planning department just needs more people in it. And they've, they've got their, they've made strides on, on building out, but just want to make sure that they're fully staffed. And then um, I believe that, you know, the Richmond 300 uh, component of that is rewriting, which I think you have down here. And I'm, I'm guessing uh, Councilmember Addison put it in zoning rewrite consultant. So whatever funds are required to get our zoning um, aligned with the Richmond 300, I think we want to be able to facilitate that. And then the technology, I do believe that's in the administrative's, um, administration's budget, but the the system that they upgraded to has has been a failure, um, is what I'm hearing, and they've, they've tried to cobble along with it, but it's, it's just not sufficient. We've got to get a software system that's working, so making sure they have the funds to do that. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the last three items on the list were all submitted by Councilmember Addison, so I'll read through them all briefly and, and open up the, the comment. Uh, 
the Smotley area plan for Mosby, Gilpin, and Creighton, uh, the Southside Zoning Study, and the Zoning Rewrite Consultant. Thank you. Councilman Addison. Count. Yes, Councilman Addison. Right. Oh, okay. Unmute myself. There we go. Um, if I could comment real briefly on uh, Ms. Um, Jordan's uh, proposal, it might be worth exploring creating maybe, um, if possible, using the permitting fees specifically dedicated to supporting these types of outcomes because I do know that there are millions of dollars in permitting fees they capture that go to the general fund that could potentially help support these exact types of investments. And I just wanted to offer that as a hopefully peaceful amendment to see if we can explore that. Thank you, um, Councilman Addison. And we certainly have time to explore prior yeah. to finalization. Thank you for offering that. You had additional then, comment? I do. Um, so I know as part of the master plan, there are small area plans as expected. Um, and I think uh, from uh, Ms. Robertson and others on, on council, uh, there are pieces of a plan that are missing. And I think those include public housing neighborhoods. And I think that just prioritizing um, as part of a longer term plan, I know this budget is a single budget year, it's not a um, biennial budget. So we cannot put into the forecast the remaining of the big six, but I would like to make sure that we supported that in a public way as best possible. Um, engaging the community, the residents, and exploring options to um, do a one-for-one -one replacement, explore options that maybe provide other community assets and resources needed to support um, our residents, especially in public housing, uh, but also looking to the future and seeing if potentially upzoning um, and supporting density for mixed income, for mixed use developments, as well as looking at ways in which to encourage and partnership with the housing authority and even potentially the EDA for economic development opportunities in this space. Uh, but before we can even explore that, I believe that we it's paramount to engage our residents in what this future can look like with them and sharing that aspect of what we do as a plan. Um, and I believe that that is important based upon that was the first step we did for the Diamond Project and the city center plan that are coming up was a small area plan as part of the expectation for moving forward. And I believe that uh, these important neighborhoods to our city's future uh, need to have that same prioritization, especially as we look at the future. So um, that's what I'm looking for in those conversations. Um, of course, the South Side Zoning Study. Uh, that is a request. I'm not sure exactly what the capacity of the PDR staff to handle a request of that nature. I know that um, we have had Ms. Lynch as well as Dr. Jones discuss options for rezoning in their neighborhoods as in regards to um, all the aspects from TOD and other areas along the north side of the river. And I think prioritizing and focusing on the south side and meeting that expectation will be very important. And of course, at long last, I think this time last year, we were talking about the same topic, the zoning rewrite consultant that we have yet to um, finalize for next steps. Um, and that is key for every single aspect that we're discussing are what is the new zoning types for a modern city that achieves our growth zones as an inclusive dynamic future for our city. And I am hoping that I see that in the mayor's budget. Um, but if not, I wanted to put that as a request moving forward. Thank you. Thank you, Councilman Addison. Councilwoman Lambert. Thank you, Madam Chair, and thank you, Councilman Addison, for um, putting in this request for a small area plan. Um, this was also an amendment that I had um, inserted or uh, inputted for the master plan once I came on office. 
So the small area plan for the Gilpin community, and I'm just speaking specifically to this area that's in the third district, is much very needed. And so I appreciate you putting that in and as well keeping the conversation going. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'd just like to add that while we could only put a couple of priorities here, one of the priorities that I submitted um, uh, before is relative to the development of a comprehensive plan for public housing transformation across the city. And certainly the small area plans fall into that, but I think we still need to put it in context because it bespeaks the larger issue of creating an inventory of quality affordable housing across the city, uh, which bespeaks issues of density, et cetera. So I think, uh, again, I'm, I'm hearing um, the um, small area plan, but I also have Fairfield, and I get that we're not doing them all at once, but if we fail to put them in context that we're aiming for that citywide plan of action and engagement of our community with some basic tenants, one for one, that so that that is also clear and a part of the discussion. So, uh, Mr. Addison, thank you, certainly, Ms. Lambert, but and not but, and I'm also looking to put that in that broader context. So thank you both. Mr. Uh, Ms. Davis, do we come back to you at this point? Yes. Okay, um, I have it. Before we go to the next category, um, Councilwoman Lynch had a question as well. Thank you. No. Thanks, Madam President. Um, I was just wondering um, if you wanted me to go back and explain um, the request for $500,000 or after school programming. If not, then I can, we can always discuss that during another, another an office of aging uh, and persons with disabilities. Sorry. I don't think that there were any questions, but if there were, I think people uh, commented who also put those in and also who support those areas. Um, okay. If there are any other questions or comments, we can <clears throat> entertain them now, but we did not have any just additional support for those categories. Okay. The only flavor I would add um, to after-school programming, um, obviously we're pretty clear about which population aging and persons with disabilities is serving, but for the after-school programming, um, my intent was to specifically target our high school um, population just because of the lack of programming that we have um, for high school-aged kids uh, generally. So that, that's my only comment on that one. Thank you. Ms. Davis? Thank you. That concludes the um, items submitted for the operating budget. Um, the total that you see here, the 4.5 million, will obviously change. And um, we just want to make sure that as we continue our research, we will bring that information back to you. And if there are no more comments or um, questions from Councilors, we will go to the CIP budget, which yes. Sampson um, Anderson will review, and uh, we thank him today. He will cover this entire section. And I think he's going to go item by item and then allow you to provide any comments uh, after he's uh, finished with the category. Thank you.
Hello again, everyone. Uh, I will be going through the capital budget, as Ms. Davis said. Um, if it's all right with y'all, I'm going to read every item that we were given by category. And then once I finish the category, if y'all would like to to speak on any of this, this is being the capital budget. Some of it can seem pretty straightforward. Uh, pave this road, etc. Uh, sidewalks here, please. Uh, but some of them are a bit more nuanced and uh, understandable for council members to want to provide more information for the context uh, that they are privy to because this is their priority and this is their district. Um, so to start with, uh, DPW and Vision Zero, we have a Bliley Road multimodal. Wait a minute, Samson, you guys wait till the... That's not up. Yeah, we're still operating. We need the capital budget list up. You hit the tab at the bottom. Miss Davison is the one sharing your screen, and she's working on it. Okay. My apologies. No worries. I just got so excited to discuss capital with y'all. I know. <laughs> um, all right. I've been asked to just go ahead and read it word for word, all the information for y'all. I can share my screen. I have it up. Do you like that? Yes, please. I was told she just got it. All right. Um, Ms. Davison. All right. So first category. Okay. So there's one, two, three, four, five categories in capital. The first is DPW and Vision Zero, then housing, then parks, then planning and development review, and then RPS. And I'm going to read y'all the names and if it's all right i'm going to leave off the estimates because one they're estimates too i think it kind of puts us in a mindset of this is an actual appropriation or an actual budget amendment and this is really just the priority phase and these numbers are to kind of give us a ballpark to kind of begin functioning in so it's now up on your screen we're getting bigger hopefully the first one in dpw vision zero is Bliley Road Multimodal Study, Complete Planning Phase and Fund McGuire Drainage Project. Mr. Anderson, or, can you increase the size of that at all? Um, Mr. Carcitti is assisting oh, okay. Ms. Davison with it okay, at this time. Thank you. All right. Is that sufficient? Do you all need zoomed in more? I know we're back at operating. Yeah, please um, zoom it out a little bit more. Some of us have to wear bifocals. <laughs> All right, I see it now. Thank you. All right, so I'm just going to start at the beginning because I forgot where I left off. My apologies. The Bliley Road Multimodal Study, the complete planning phase and funding of McGuire Drainage Project. Forest Hill Terrace Neighborhood Transportation Study, Hull Street Corridor Infrastructure Improvement, Scott's Edition Sidewalk Connectivity Project, Sidewalk Repair in Bellmead, and Speed Studies and Traffic Calming. So that's in DPW and Vision Zero. Y'all all understand what Vision Zero is and up to speed on that terminology. Do you need me to uh, define Vision Zero? No, I think we're good. Awesome. Sweet. Would anybody like to, anyone who has a question or patron those items, just please raise your hand and 
Yes, I'm sure the chair will go sure. down the line. Councilwoman Jordan. Thank you, Madam President. Just a quick clarification. The Scott's Addition Project is, is actually um, to improve circulation, implement multimodal Vision Zero and complete streets. And that's the outgrowth of a VHB study from 2019 that primarily they were, uh, the city was hoping smart scale would implement. And unfortunately, they did not get that smart scale funding. I'm, I'm sure we'll be trying again every single year, but it has to do more with um, safety than sidewalk connectivity. Thank you. Thank you. Councilwoman Trammell. Thank you, Madam President. Where it says complete planning phase and fund McGuire drainage project, how much more planning do I need? How many? I mean, it's been years and years and years and years. And every time you turn around, the people are told this is going to happen, that's going to happen. Nothing, nothing happens. So I want to know how much money has already been spent on that, because I know for at least 12 years, we've been asking, I've been asking, and it's like they come out there. I mean, this is when Calvin Farr was even here. This was going on with um, when Jones was the mayor. And it's still, I mean, you still got the flooding. You still got the accidents over there when it floods on McGuire and Chapel. So I want to know, you know, how much more money for a planning stage and how much you know, money have we already spent on planning and they keep changing it or they say they got to get in, in touch with this person or or the McGuire Hospital, which I, I don't I don't I don't think that's right. But anyway, I want to have more information on this because we need to get this project done now, not five more years down the road. Thank you, Madam President. Thank you, Councilwoman Trammell. Yes, ma'am. I will get in touch with DPW and get that information that I can get for you back to you. Thank you. Councilman Jones. I believe Ms. Lynch had her hand up. I don't know if she put it down or not. Yeah, I don't see it anymore. I thought I saw it, okay. but I don't. Yeah. Right, I, I just wanted to jump line. Um, no, I, I would have. She's yes, come back. Okay. Um, Hall Street Corridor, uh, kind of self-explanatory. I just believe fundamentally from Chippenham Parkway to the flood wall, we should be able to bike and walk Hall Street. We can't. Um, it is the, the number of deaths that we've had just in the time that I've been on council, the number of injuries that we've had just in the time that I've been on council, it, it, it's, it's, it's far too many. So as we talk about Vision Zero, you know, we, we, we've got to get serious about making this happen. I've got a new middle school that's on Hall Street and you got young kids trying to traverse uh, part of the city where the cars are going to excess of 50, 50 mile, 55 miles an hour. Uh, you have moms with strollers waiting at bus stops on the side of little hills. Um, and, and, and it's just time. It's just time for us to, to get serious about the infrastructure um, you know, on Hall Street, again, to do one basic thing, from Chippenham Parkway to the flood wall, be able to get to and through. Right now, in certain areas on Hall Street, you can do it. But when you get into the parts that uh, are in the 9th and 8th District and on to and through, it's not the same. And so we just want to 
provide equity in this CIP process. Thank you, Madam President. Thank you, Councilman Jones. Councilwoman Lynch. Thank you. Um, and that would uh, echo that sentiment from my colleague, Councilmember Jones, and I think most of us representing communities south of the river are very much dealing with the same um, issues and it's not fair. And so we hope, you know, some of this um, capital improvement budget will help go towards those neighborhoods and improve walkability and, and, and traffic safety. And um, wanted to briefly explain my 500000 um, $550,000 amendment. And that would essentially go towards um, uh, speed tables and other traffic calming measures um all throughout the fifth district um we have you know a very high number of high injury network high injury streets in our um district um and in addition to that we've got a couple um about two hundred and fifty thousand for um the uh asphalt alleys which are constantly in need of repair um so we have some uh, funding in there to make those alleys safer. Thank you, Councilman Lynch. Mr. Anderson. Yes, ma'am. If there's no more discussion on DPW and Visageo, we will move on to housing. Yes. Which has one item, Creighton Court transformation. I will let President Newville discuss that and why it is um, once again before us, because I know we, we discussed this uh, in earlier budgeting uh, processes and um is yours. Sure. So, again, uh, when we submitted our priorities uh, to the administration, it included a broader category relative to housing, including, uh, again, comprehensive planning for public housing transformation citywide. In the case of Creighton Court, on the Creighton Court site, there are uh, three phases anticipated. We have ARPA funds that will address the first infrastructure phase. This would address the second infrastructure phase that would be needed. Um, and because I know that there is desire for conversation and small area planning, this would only uh, enable that second phase of infrastructure work to be done, but um, uh, certainly uh, open to those discussions that I anticipate will be forthcoming in terms of the broader discussion around um, our uh, Creighton public housing community and um, the comprehensiveness of it, as well as the uh, small area plan. But this is what uh, is about 6,500 in the ARPA that lets us go to with that first phase of infrastructure planning on the Creighton site. This would be the second. This would be the second half of the upcoming fiscal year if that is uh, where we go forward fully. Uh, and then there would still be need for additional funding for the last phase. But again, um, I expect that there'll be a, uh, more um, discussion about what we can and will do, not just on the site itself, but in close proximity to it in terms of mixed and multi-use, uh, et cetera. So this is that second infrastructure phase of funding. 
Mr. Sampson, nothing new. All right, on to parks. To start us off, we have Anne Hardy Plaza, specifically pinball and funds to replace the water park feature. Next, we have Fully Fun Hickory Hill Community Center Reservations. We have neighborhood park funding, and I have some greater detail on that about which neighborhood parks. Uh, following neighborhood parks are in various stages of complete completed master plans or have received community input on playground equipment. Carter Jones Park, Riverview Park, Grayland Pot Lot, and Holly Street Park. Thank you, Mr. Anderson. Um, Councilwoman... Oh, I'm sorry. And then we have uh, some more playground equipment for M- M- Wickham and Mosby playgrounds and some park restorations, park repairs and upgrades, specifically benches in the Bill Robertson playground, Chimborazo playground, tennis courts, and the Fulton Memorial Park. And that is the summation of the park section of the capital budget. Thank you, Mr. Anderson. Sorry for running ahead there. Councilwoman Lynch. I'm sorry, Madam President. I actually had a quite, uh, question about the um, Creighton Court Transformation Funding. Sure, um, sure. But I do have a comment on neighborhood parks as well. D- is RHHA, and this is just my own um, ignorance, are they looking at their own assets and see for Creighton Court and, and exploring what... Um, they're able to contribute or or is the city expected to continue to supply the capital improvement dollars um they are looking um we're looking uh, with city have also approached the general assembly that was included in our legislative so um everyone is looking okay thank you yeah i was wondering how that played in with the general assembly um funding and and what other stones we were turning over? Um, the neighborhood parks, the 900,000, um, very, very critical uh, funding. I think most council members would agree there's um, a shortage of of funds and uh, for our playgrounds, and they're such important jewels in our neighborhoods. Um, we've got some funding in for Carter Jones Park and hopefully to fund the Marquia Dixon um, uh, Adventure Zone could serve as a memorial for um, Arkea and her family. Um, we also have some money south of Riverview Park, I'm sorry, um, and north of the river, again, with um, the Grayland Tot Lot, which is in the Carytown South neighborhood. And it's one of our only sand lot um, playgrounds left in the city, so we certainly need to hopefully get the funding to, to um, make that a safer neighborhood playground. Thank you, Councilwoman Lynch. Councilman Addison. <clears throat> Thank you, Dr. Pres- Dr. Newbill. I just wanted to kind of ask the, um, this is part of the city economist role for supporting city council staff would be, you know, understanding, you know, how do we support creating a revenue strategy that can ident- identify ways, because parks are capital projects. And I think that just having more understanding of the revenues we can generate in neighborhoods, specifically in anchoring, you know, community development projects that it really anchored with parks and libraries and other important community assets and not looking towards our budget, having to fund it out of today's dollars, but looking at how investment supports future development opportunities. And I think that's important for, you know, schools funding for maintenance and other needs as well. And I think that for me, 
what I'm hearing and seeing are some great needed projects. I have a few myself. However, I think that we need to look at the comprehensive kind of revenue generating aspect of how can we best sustainably fund these so it's not just every year reviewing which parks we want to support today, but looking at which is the list of the next five years, how we're going to get this done, because I just think it's important for the city to look at this as a whole, not just individually. No offense to anybody's put, put them in. I support those. Uh, I love parks. But I'm just saying I think this is kind of one of the process steps we need to be evaluating, not today in our budget as we're defining it, but looking at it as a more annual comprehensive plan to support that. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Addison. Um, and I certainly concur. And I think to the work that you've been looking at in terms of a community benefit agreement that would ensure that every development has and would take into consideration the kinds of assets in close proximity that some of the revenues that are generated could be uh, used to support. So hopefully that, you know, helps us be responsive to uh, some of your point as well, but point well taken. I have um, an item in terms of that last part, repairs and upgrades. Um, as I had a discussion with parks, it seems as if we have a citywide need to replace uh, park benches, uh, repair and or replace park benches in all of our parks. So it includes funding to address that as well as a um, uh, memorial park that's been in progress that due to site issues discovered and uh, during the construction, there is an additional need for funding to complete that project, as well as um, two other, you know, uh, playground areas in my community, Shimborazo and Bill Robinson. So uh, this uh, would allow us to address, like I said, some citywide issues, but also very specific three district issues uh, in terms of parks uh, that are referenced there, I think. Uh, I believe, yeah, Bill Robinson, Shimborazo, and Fulton, as well as citywide on the front end for park benches and repairs. Mr. Anderson? One of the items that should have been on this list for capital, um, Ms. Robertson submitted for the Annie Giles Center and it was for $100,000, and I wanted to know if Ms. Robertson wanted to comment on um, the submission. Uh, not, Davis, thank you. Um, yes, I just have to make sure that is included. Um, we are moving forward with programming uh, for the Annie Jobs Center, and uh, we need to make sure that I don't know that 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 as that is an estimated amount. Um, we should be getting a more definitive budget uh, recommendation uh, from Parks as well. Thank you. Thank you, Vice President Robertson, Ms. Davis, or Ms. Anderson. Yes, that leads us into planning and development review with the AP Hill intersection study. The um, patron okay. gave us some background information, uh, but she also has her hand raised, so I will yes. give her the floor. Councilwoman Lambert. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, I just, everyone kind of knows what this is all about. Um, basically, I don't think there has been a study 
for that AP Hill intersection? If so, it was done about 15 years ago. Um, so it's time for an update and for us to really see what is going to be best in that intersection since it's one of the top five most dangerous intersections in the city. So I just would expect um, my colleagues to support this measure um, on behalf of my district. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Anderson. And that brings us to our last item, which I'm sure you're all familiar with from recent news, is Fox Elementary School um, replacement and rehab as needed uh, following the fire that it had. Okay, so is this an item we're waiting for information? Councilwoman Jordan? Thank you, yes. I submitted this one, and uh, when I submitted it, I actually asked for it to be edited because I, I noticed that it didn't appear on this sheet the way I submitted it. Um, we're not sure what's going to happen with Fox. I mean, all indication is that insurance will be more than the $14 million, but my line item was for Fox Elementary, George With, and Woodville Elementary School. To the extent those three projects needed additional support from council, um, I was in support of that. And I hope folks remember that before Fox burned, when we were having these discussions about how big to 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 construct George with, you know, I said, look, if if the reason that school board is suggesting we build a smaller seat school, then let's talk about adding more money. If it's because they're trying to skim the the cost of the project to move forward with Woodville faster, I'd rather just us support those projects so they can be built to the size they need to be built. And I don't know if I'm going to get struck by lightning for bringing up RPS during uh, the CIP process, but um, I, I thought it was worth adding it to the discussion. And again, this should not just say Fox Elementary. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and I have questions, but I could ask um, offline because we have monies that are already earmarked for the construction of the next set of schools. And so I, I won't take the time here, but I, I do. There are more questions before this would come to us as a part of budget so I can get with you or with staff, both you and staff. So I think I have Councilwoman Lambert and then Councilman Jones. Or no, Councilman Jones, your hand. Yeah, okay. My hand Councilman was Jones. Thank you, Councilwoman Lambert. Councilman yes, Jones. Yes, I mean, it, it wouldn't matter which, which, which way you went. I would still defer to your uh, uh, to your leadership there, Madam President. I, I just want to just make a blanket statement as it relates to, you know, all this information that, you know, that we have here in our time in here together, because we're still waiting for uh, the mayor's budget to be introduced. Um, so kind of not knowing what's in, what's not in, where we need to go, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, and so I, I just want to lay out the same blanket challenge that I do every budget cycle. Unless we're willing to come together as uh, a council and or at least five or six votes, however many is needed to put forth an amendment, um, you know, what are we going to do? We're going to waste, I shouldn't say waste, we're going to exert a, you know, <laughs> you know, extensive amount of time, resources, things of that nature going through this process only to amend the mayor's budget. I mean, only to approve the mayor's budget. Um, 
And so, again, we have some wonderful items that we put up here. Uh, we've been in session. This session will be two hours by the time we get out of here. And we're going to spend more, more time to only approve the mayor's budget. And so I just want to tell them just going in, either we're going to have the stomach and the wherewithal to make some tough decisions, agree and move forward, or we're not. <laughs> I'm just saying okay. that, Madam President, before we put a ton of hours uh, into this, and, and I, I'm just, I'm, I'm not, I'm just not too optimistic that we're going to go through this process uh, as a council. And again, all the things that we have listed in here, some will be in the mayor's budget. Many will not. Um, and actually more, I shouldn't say that because I don't know. Right. But we don't know. Right. But I just want to, again, just put out there before us. What, what is the number it takes to amend, Madam President? Is it five or six? Uh, so, Mr. Jones, and, and we can talk about that more specifically, but we did not do a blanket approval of the last budget. We did, in fact, make amendments and changes. I hear you. In no, terms no, no, of no, 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 because even some of the things that we used to balance it, yes. we negated those things, right? So, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i not done with my statement yet. Oh, right? okay. Go on. I'm sorry. So, so, all I'm saying is, year in and year out, there are things that we that, that we have on a wish list that rarely make it through. And the number of hours we put in during the budget process as a council, I don't see um, the return on that time. I just don't. Okay. As far as, okay. hey, we got our list here. We have these things that are important to us. And rarely do those things whole scale make it in. One. Second piece, AP Hill, Madam Lambert, I hope that you go about changing the name AP Hill. I hope that's included in the study, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, so, so I hope there are dollars in there for that. And I will definitely, if that doesn't make it in to the mayor's budget, I will support you on that amendment uh, to get it in, as long as it includes renaming AP Hill something other than AP Hill. Um, and with that, thank Madam President, thank you so much. Thank you, um, Councilman Jones. Um, I do want to come to. Um, Vice President and Ms. Davis, but I want to go back to the RPS. Part of the discussion for me is also at some point the funds that we have already earmarked for schools, and it's several uh, million. Uh, I want to have discussion of that as well before we're talking about new funds, I mean, and where and how they're being prioritized in the context of the changes. So there's more discussion for me there, and I'll certainly reach out and want to hear from the administration and from schools uh, in terms, I think it's almost a couple hundred million, but um, more discussion to come. Vice President Robertson and then Ms. Davis. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, I appreciate this session that we're having in reviewing. Um, I will like to say, though, as a part of submitting uh, priorities and requests for the budget, um, I was a little bit caught off guard as to how those uh, how that information is translated as a part of uh, coming to a. Uh, resolution as it relates to the priorities that council has for 
for the budget year. Um, and I want to just comment in regards to what Dr. Jones just said. Um, I think it's important that we kind of think about, um, and, and, and we have not resolved a budget process by which council is working with the administration um, and with all of our members and colleagues on council as it relates to setting goals and objectives and priorities for challenges. I mean, the, the things that are most important to me in the city um, have been most important to me probably for the time that I've served on council. Um, when I'm looking at this priority, you know, I don't necessarily see a broad priority for affordable housing. I don't see a broad priority to deal with the um, injustice in our system um, as to uh, the level of uh, incarceration and the root causes. Even though there are specific programs, I think Ms. Lambert's um, recommendation as to youth and youth employment is truly one of those kinds of programmatic things that leads to some of these, uh, hopefully, uh, reduction in some of the kinds of challenges that we face. We know that you know, a large population of our large percentage of the population of the city, you know, go hungry every day, uh, you know. And I know that these are high priorities for the city of Richmond. Strategies of how we address them collectively, I'm not comfortable that we are we're addressing them in a manner that we can organize the programming to be effective and reducing those challenges, and by what percentage, and how do they, how does the funding align with accomplishing uh, expected goals and outcomes for that? You know, we spent a lot of time doing that last year in a retreat. Uh, it took us nine months to do crossover reports to committees. We're back at retreat time past. We're 15 months, 16 months, and we haven't dealt with priorities that we dealt with doing a retreat that was two and a half year two and a half days long. And so policies and processes is important. Um, you know, I have some indication at the present time that based on the the budget that uh, we're looking at coming forward to us that we probably already dealing with a shortfall of, you know, twenty five, thirty could be. $25-30 million based on expenditures and revenues. Um, so I, I really don't want us to find ourselves as we did last year. Uh, we put out a priority list from each council person, and by the time we got the budget and looked at what was in the budget and the uh, deficit amount uh, that was necessary, to be included in the budget to address a list of priorities by council members, um, you know, got booted um, to, well, let's see if we can find it in the uh, funds that we would get uh, post-COVID, uh, ERP funds. And, and we know what happened with that. Uh, we we know. get several meetings. And ultimately, the administration came forward with a recommendation, and uh, some of those things were addressed and some of them weren't. But 
I do hope that, Madam Chair, uh, maybe the chair of our finance committee um, can work more uh, in sync with the administration and we can come to a process for how we're going to deal with the budget this year and not have uh, several meetings without looking at the availability of resources versus obligated expenditures that we've got to we got to be responsive to. I mean, schools haven't adopted their budget, but, you know, they're asking for $22 million proposally. I don't know that yet because they haven't adopted their budget. Uh, increasing uh, revenues for across the board, employees. I mean, you know, when I looked at this list and we talked about benefits and salaries for employees, you know, you know, I put in a request for something in that line item, but it doesn't necessarily show up on this chart. And so I'm I'm not really sure if I'm comfortable if I know where we're going and whether or not where we are is going to result in us really knowing that these things will be incorporated into the budget or the process by which. And um, at the end of the day, Friday, the mayor is going to present his budget. Um, I'm not sure that we have uh, done as much as we still need to do to look at a process, whereas we feel like these meetings that we have and the time that we spend going through these processes of a list that uh, we know how they, what the benefit and the effect of them would be. I'm not looking for an answer. I just want to state my position of concern. Thank you. Thank you, Vice President Robertson, and I certainly hear your concern as well as um, Councilman Jones and others, and will um, ask certainly subsequent to this meeting with uh, Ms. Davis and the conversation with the administration and including our chair, and I know um, Councilman um, Jones has had some um, conversation via paper and thoughtfulness to look at our path forward relative to budget so we can make sure we're maximizing the time invested, having clear sense of what's available, what's not, so that we are um, uh, being as good stewards of the funds that are not going to address all of the needs as we possibly can, but really looking at a, a uh, path forward in terms of budget review that uh, is well-informed um, and very intentional in terms of our overall investment time effort, uh, discussion of priorities and how we are um, working with the administration relative to those to get them addressed. I think I have Councilwoman Trammell, Councilwoman Lynch, and Ms. Davis, I don't see your hand, but I know you're in the queue here. Do you have, Ms. Davis, did you have anything that further let me go on with Councilwoman Trammell and Councilwoman Lynch, and then if you could speak to the process, you hear the concerns about the time invested, um, the priorities, you hear all of the prior concerns without me repeating. So I would like you to address that after I hear from Ms. Trammell and Ms. Lynch. Councilwoman Trammell. Thank you, Madam President. I understand what um, Vice President Councilwoman Owen Robertson is saying as far as, like, it looks like every year, we go through these meetings upon meetings upon meetings, and we have a wish list, all of us do, but we have to realize that in this day and time, we're going to be lucky if we get half of our wish list fulfilled. With gas has gone up so high, landlords selling their property because the assessments have went up so high, um, they can't raise the rent on 
on certain areas of their properties because people don't have the jobs or people are not looking for jobs or people can't get hired. Um, I mean, we got, we're in a crisis right now. And I don't know if all of us have realized, I don't know if you all have been out in the street talking to the people like I have since um, last November um, up until this weekend listening to people. Um, I just, we just had a house and my, right around the corner from where I live, $250,000. I was like, I have never, I would have never, ever thought that. And it's sold. It's, it's definitely sold. Don't know exactly who bought it, but it wasn't even on the market a week. Another a house right there in my neighborhood, by my mother's house, that I've been in that neighborhood for 60-some years, it just sold for 170000 so I don't know where we're talking about affordable, and that's what people are saying. Why you all keep talking about affordable? What do you consider affordable? Two hundred, three hundred thousand. So I mean, we've got a lot of. I hope that we don't have meetings after meetings after meetings, then at the and stay here until one, two o'clock in the morning, and then still don't accomplish what we all want because we know we have, like Michael said, we haven't even seen the mayor's budget yet, haven't been presented with this school board budget yet. And then Thank we'll you. Go on, Councilwoman Trammell. I'm sorry. I thought you were concluded. That's all right. I just, you know, every year we get frustrated. Every year we get upset because we know, we know in our district what's so important, what's important to the people. And then at the end, we have to say, you didn't get this. Then we have to hear the other people say, well, why did they get that and I didn't get this? Were they more important than, than our area? So that's what I'm trying to say, Madam President. I just hope that we don't have meetings upon meetings upon meetings and then come up with the same thing like the retreat. I was very disappointed in that retreat last year. I'll, I'll tell you that right now. I don't think okay. we accomplished what we should have. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, Councilwoman Trammell. Councilwoman Lynch, and then Ms. Davis. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I think just to summate what my colleagues are saying, um, it, it sounds very much like we all share the same frustration um, in that we are responsible stewards of our community and what our community wants and wants to see from us and see from the budget. And it is often very, very challenging to get any of these priorities um, in full uh, to come to life. And we're usually fighting, and I tell my constituents this, um, we're usually fighting amongst you know, with table scraps amongst each other. Um, and so I think to Council Member Robertson's uh, point, to Council Member Trammell's uh, point, sorry, um, you know, if we're going to invest the time and the energies, I, I hope that we can get something, you know, that is not only a reflection of our community voices, but where our priorities are as a city. Um, and we may disagree on how to get there, but um, I mean, I, I think you know generally that's um, that's that's the frustration that you're hearing. Um, and I I do hope that there is a path forward um, because we are held responsible. Our constituents don't understand. You know, we're hold we are held responsible because I, I do believe people think that we are in a in the, the city form of government of yesteryear. Um, and that we hold much more authority and power than we actually do. Um, and, and it's hard with nine council members working together. It's, it's very, very tough. But I, I, I hope that we can 
um, get there and really find a way to um, fund these priorities in an equitable way. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping that we're working together and our time is used efficiently this year. Thank you, Councilwoman Lynch. And I, I certainly hear and concur with the feedback relative to the amount of time invested, having a sense of priorities without being redundant. And so we'll um, endeavor to take a look at what we've delineated as a process, budget process working with the administration. And I'm going to ask Ms. Davis to speak to that. But I also want to say that while for me, we uh, have two categories of um, operating and capital but we were only asked to present two priorities within each of those that I had and will certainly have other priorities as well. And I suspect others of you do. Um, and so even taking a look at those, whether it's, uh, you know, relative to economic stability or affordable housing, transport. So how we also um, have those items um included in the conversation, but being mindful of exactly what's been shared before by Vice President, Mr. Jones, Trammell, Lynch, et cetera. And I'm sure it's shared by us all wanting to make sure that the investment of time in this process gets us to um, the kind of end goal that we're all interested in. Ms. Davis, can you share a little more in terms of the path forward? I know we're needing to wrap up, so just uh, the next, 10 minutes or so, and um, really do want to have a conversation about um, the concerns that have been raised and how we mitigate that in discussion with the administration and schools, et cetera, after this meeting. So I want to address some of the concerns that have been raised. One of the first things that I would like to say is the next steps and path forward. We are looking forward to uh, receiving and hearing the, the mayor's budget this Friday. Uh, we're waiting for that review. Upon Ms. receiving Davis, it, the next right steps now. are to review the budget, to conduct an analysis. Ms. Davis, can you hold what, one? Um, has Davis. been included. As you all know, you submitted your budget priorities. Did um, we stop sharing? Yeah, I'm, I'm, you I heard some. Ms. Davis, can you hold um, one second? Can you hear me? Budget priorities to the mayor. Ms. Davis, okay. Yeah, I'm hearing some. Um, I thought I heard something. Yes, Madam President. Yes, okay. If we could have Samson or someone remove uh, the share screen. I got you. Okay. Thank you. Mr. Anderson, if you could remove the screen, Ms. Davis, if you would proceed. And then I see Vice President Robertson, and then we will look no, to wrap up because we do have a session here. They want you to stop sharing screen. Uh, the share screen is Ms. Davis. Okay. Ms. Davis, I apologize. I could just hear some, and I was trying to address what I was hearing comment-wise. Ms. Davis? Okay, share screen is gone. I thought he said take my mask off. So let me well, don't back. take the mask off, but Samantha, thank you for taking that down. I, just, I couldn't hear all of that, Councilmember Jones. Okay, so the next steps and path forward are to review the budget, to conduct an analysis of what is included, 
from the uh, budget that we will receive this Friday. We're looking forward to um, that process and the mayor's budget. As you all know, you submitted certain things to the mayor. One of our first questions was how would those items be incorporated into the budget? And so we will have to wait and see on Friday how they were incorporated into the budget. Our role will be to take the list that we have and to actually scrub the budget, go through and see how they panned out um, and notifying you of that particular information. Some of what you discussed as far as the budget process and um, I guess how you've been disenchanted with it in the past, there have been plans for changes to the budget process but those changes have not been made as of yet. So I'm hoping that there will be patience with this staff in working with the process that we have in place because the process that we have in place is what we will have to work with with administration. Uh, we ended last year with collaboration and we have started this year in the same vein we have conducted a meeting with the budget department. They have uh, expressed the willingness to work with us. Um, last year, at the end of the year, we worked diligently with the CAO. And so we look forward to no more than that this year as well. Uh, the budget department has made a request of us to work more closely in how they receive questions. And so we will unveil more about that so that we can have a more organized process and that they can be more responsive or as responsive as necessary to your request, but that we uh, definitely focus on an eye of organizing them so that they're not either inundated with multiple requests and so that they can ensure that they can provide a comprehensive response. And so that is definitely one part of this process that we want to put under the category of continued improvement. We will work diligently with council as well. This section I was hoping we would use to get your positive feedback about continued improvement needed um, so that we can have an efficient process and work with you this budget season. So. Uh, I know that we are coming to a close, but this was a, a time when, and, and you've already provided your comments ahead of uh, what I was going to say. So we will take those comments and we will take them under consideration. We will come back to you. We are planning to have individual meetings with you and to be available and responsive to what you have indicated today. So Ms. if there are any questions, sure. I can answer those or any follow-up. Yes, Ms. Davis, I, I really do want to make sure that we follow up on the comments that have been shared relative to the amount of time invested and, you know, what we get back and interface with the administration, all those kind. And I know you're going to, as you said, do a overlay with our priorities and the mayor's, but all those kinds of things. But looking at the process itself as well. Uh, and taking into consideration the comments that have been shared would be greatly appreciated. I'm going to punt to Vice President Robertson and then Ms. Davis any closeout so that we can uh, then move forward in preparation for our next session. 
Vice President Robertson. Uh, yes, thank you. Um, I want to thank the Davis Center staff. I know that they work very hard every year to try to get us through this budget process in a manner by which we not only acknowledges the priorities of council uh, individually, uh, council members, um, and I, I would like to. Uh, as well as with the administration. Um, and I know that there's a schedule of meetings, and uh, I would assume that there are uh, proposed agendas for those, uh, for those meetings. Um, I would like, uh, Madam Chair, to ask that perhaps the finance chair, as well as maybe um, other designated members of the Finance Committee work more closely with Ms. Davis to make sure that the process that we've mapped out, the meeting schedules and the agendas for those proposed meetings um, flushed out to just make sure that we are uh, being as effective and efficient as we can uh, moving forward in the budget cycle. And we're not... Um, you know, at this time, looking at not having any indication on what is the revenue, what is the revenue projection for this year's budget, uh, and whether or not there are fixed expenditures that that we know that in place will give us some leverage as to where we are with um, appropriation, new appropriations um, within the budget. So. I'd, I'd like to work a little bit closer with, with the staff uh, to make sure that we are mapping out those things a little bit clearer uh, and more definitively uh, for council's input in the process as we move forward, along with Councilman Jones as the chair of the Finance Committee. Thank you. Thank you, Count Vice President Robertson. And so with that, I want to say, Ms. Davis, um, thank you to you and your staff for the uh, incredible amount of uh, investment of preparatory time to compile what we provided to you and for this opportunity for discussion. And I would like to go to um, the comments that have come. I really would like to ask that you will follow up with the administration. And um, I know, Councilman Jones, that you have a paper coming in terms of budget process for upcoming year, but I would like to ask that you and Ms. Davis that you would reach out to um, Councilman Jones for uh, discussion inclusion um, as well as Vice President has volunteered, so the two of them, and I believe they both are part and parcel of that committee, um, to uh, review and give input in terms of the path forward in conjunction with your conversation with your staff and the administration, and that can come back to us. Uh, just for follow-up. So thank you, uh, Ms. Davis. Uh, thank you, members, for your, um, um, I mean, just for your ongoing commitment and certainly for your feedback. Uh, look forward to the next iteration. And again, thank you, um, Councilman Jones and Vice President Robertson, who will be interfacing with Ms. Davis and as she has discussion with the administration to have an even more uh, efficient and effective budget process and et cetera. So with that, um, 
I'm going to uh, say thank you. We have our informal session will begin at four o'clock and look forward to uh, your presence and discussion. Then, Ms. Davis, are you trying to get in one last comment here? Um, I think you had said something about coming back and saying something. I just want to make sure that, you know, we will solicit additional ideas for the budget process. Yes. We've already established relationships with Mr. Saunders. Okay. Um, we look forward to, we have this new CAO, new budget director, new DCAO, as well as this staff. And so we will review this schedule. We will work in a concerted effort. And we look forward to receiving um, ideas from you directly on how to work within the budget process that we currently have as well as those ideas for inclusion for um, any new improvements for this coming budget season. So thank you for right. your time today. Ms. Davis, thank you. And I again, because both members um, presumably volunteered, um, just making sure there's that special outreach to Vice President and Mr. Jones relative to the uh, this whole budget piece. And um, as you have conversation with the administration, just coordinating that for more refined uh, and enhanced process. So again, just to say thank you to everyone and we'll be uh, back at four. This meeting is now adjourned. <laughs>